Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I have my two favourite coaches. Oh no, that's harsh on Andy. I have two oh. my, my two favourite female coaches with me today. Shannon and Catherine, how are you? Wonderful. Fabulous. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say apart from that. Feel good. Feel great ready to we were just talking before we came on the group chat was lit as they say mm-hmm. apparently um we were talking about the skater who has been banned wait what was the question you had a question from a client Show right, okay let me read it out wait, please read it out one? like that right <laughs> in your uh, boris johnson um, accent remember when Boris oh, used to always come I know that's really weird I feel like I'm a different person now like that's a weird thing that's to when do. I first started listening to the podcasts like before oh. joining it was so good <laughs> oh Boris there's an announcement from Boris <laughs> we were so yeah, weird yeah why did I do that why did I think that that was an acceptable thing to do oh um, absolutely maybe was. I'm just people love that I know I think I'm a bit too serious now Anyway, um, I don't have my phone with me. I left it in the toilet just there. So, Catherine, can you read out the question? Oh, gosh. Wait, I need to get it up. Hang on. Bring back Boris. Okay. So, what is your opinion with the whole Winter Olympic doping thing? Should Camilla, I'm going to pronounce these names wrong, should Camilla Valiva have been allowed to compete given that she did have a performing enhancing drug in her system? Most likely not her fault, I know. In comparison, um, is it Shakari Richardson? Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce her name? Um, who wasn't allowed to compete in the Olympics because of doping when the drug in her system wasn't performance enhancing? Is there a race, racism issue there? Oh. I love it. Like what? What I love is that she's asking us. The oh yeah, because we basically we would know. Um, Three white women. <laughs> <laughs> don't compete in any sport don't have any knowledge really of like performance enhancing drugs or how the olympic committee works or how anti-doping works but do you know what we do have strong opinions on everything so who wants to start oh um so andy andy said in the group chat that he thinks that both should be banned both of them should be banned so basically shikari richardson is it shikari richardson Mm-hmm. she um was she it was she had um marijuana oh marijuana marijuana. Okay. marijuana i think that's probably what you'd call it marijuana yeah in her system um and she said that her mum had just died and she smoked a joint to help her cope with that and then she was banned from the olympics and um, whereas the russian girl had three heart drugs um, one of which is restricted, and I don't think she's got a heart condition. Mm, Hold up! <laughs> Wait, but, hmm. she was, but she was allowed to. Was she allowed to still compete? Still yeah, that's the whole thing. Work? She's been allowed to compete. Yeah, and I mean, she is Russian. I know we did say <laughs> this before we came on. She's Russian, which is a, a tick in the negative box for doping, <laughs> or the but positive box. Also, only 15 and I think that's perhaps the reason why she was allowed to compete and also 
the the positive test came out during like during the Olympics, whereas Shikari was picked up before the Olympics had started. Um, but that's not the question. The question is, is it racist? See, I'm going to bypass that question because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it does on the surface. It does sound like that. But there's always nuance into all of that. Anyway, I don't know what would have happened if it was a white woman who smokes marijuana. I would imagine, to be honest, she'd probably still be banned. I mean, I would imagine she wouldn't be making the American sprint team because she probably wouldn't be fast enough. But that's a whole other issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I agree with Andy. I think they should both be banned. I have very little um, patience for this. Like you as an elite athlete, you have very few jobs right to go training and to not take drugs or to know what you're putting in your body essentially you know if you're taking a drug if you're taking anything you should know everything that you're putting into your body when people are like oh I took this supplement and I didn't know that it had performance enhancing drugs in it well that's your fault like as harsh as it is and as harsh as that is to learn like that is your fault like you have to take responsibility and I get that this girl's 15 but then her parents should be like what medication are you giving your child yeah, you should know that. Like, you should know if that's performance enhancing. If you're at the level of going to the Olympics, you should know this, or your coach should know this. Like, I don't think you can play the, like, I didn't know what I was doing cards. Like, that that doesn't fly with me. And I think, yeah, if that's your job, same with the smoking weed. Like, it, it seems really harsh because that would have had no benefit to her whatsoever. And it seems like such a wasted talent because that's going to impact her whole career. And, I mean, peaking for the Olympic Games probably isn't going to happen more than once maybe twice if you're lucky in a in a sprinting career um so it does seem like it is it is a bit of a shame and I don't know if she was used as a, as a bit of a like scapegoat to be like look we're not fucking around here like we take this seriously if you're caught taking drugs then you won't be coming to the Olympics uh, and that's harsh for her but but equally and I get that like really under really tough situations when she lost her mom but equally you're an athlete like you shouldn't be taking drugs that's it really Mm. hard agree I think it's a shame about the situation that the 15 year old's in though because she's like at that age where like who's like where does the responsibility sit and she is in that position where she has to trust her coaches or she has to trust her parents or, or the team of people that she works with so in that sense like she potentially suffers because of other people's decisions, which is kind of yeah. like a gray area, isn't it? Well, it's not a great, like I 100% agree. I think it's such a shame for her. She should still be banned, but it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's not wrong. Like it's absolutely not her fault. Mm-hmm. She's only 15. Like what, when I was 15 and running, if someone was like, if my coach who I put absolute 100% trust in was like, oh, take this, I'd be like, okay, what do I know? I'm 15 years old. Like, and if her parents potentially aren't as involved, I don't know that like, you obviously don't know the situation. I would certainly not saying it's her fault, but it's still wrong. So, yeah. Shame. Anyway, moving on to some fat loss questions. <laughs> Does anyone have to post up? Oh, do you know what? I got asked a couple of questions on a podcast yesterday and I'm going to quick fire them to you all, all slash two of you. Pressure. Get ready. Okay, this is quite high pressure. I didn't quite know how to answer it initially. Most important attribute in a friend? Shona, you go first. (laughs) Oh, okay, let me think out loud here for a second because 
you've got different friends that do different things and no, I think you can yeah. only have one oh, one God. key attribute you can't you can't change the question loyalty that is something that is really important to me that is a value that I really hold close to myself and I, I like to be a very loyal person so I think yeah that's I'd like that reciprocated sometimes when I hear people say that now like we can go into situations but sometimes when I hear people say that I'm like we're not in the car tat like what are you talking about <laughs> loyalty like like oh what someone might I don't know shoot me behind my back but then I kind of get it in some respects like do you mean I'm loyal to that person as in I always think it's very telling the way that like say I had a call with Catherine and I was like bitching about Shona as Catherine I'd be like this is a red flag if Emma's talking yep. about Shona mm-hmm. like that to me surely she's talking to whatever the opposite way around surely she's yep. talking to Shona mm-hmm. about me like that mm-hmm. and I always think that's a bit of a red flag like if you're a really kind of bitchy person and and you know someone who's always bitching about other people you're like you 100% do this about me so from a loyalty like is that what you mean by loyalty almost yes uh uh-huh. and maybe maybe loyalty is the wrong word but I feel like and, and also I'm not going to explain this very well but I feel like if you if you turn up for a person if you're like there for them I would I would want that reciprocated as well like I would want someone to be able to turn up for me as well however I've had friendships where you're almost there for the entertainment like they're a hot mess and you love to be around them but um but they're not great in terms of like being there for you yeah and I guess that comes back to your point about like you have different friends for almost that that fill different roles you're like I love that person but would I go to them in a in a crisis no they don't even have their own shit together they definitely can't (laughs) exactly with mine yeah yeah Yeah, it's like that meme of the stop sign that's like uh, you know how stop signs are obviously normally red it's like a green stop sign where it's like you kind of want to tell your friend to stop but you also want to see what happens (laughs) when they do something stupid (laughs) yeah I'm here for the ride no matter what happens yeah um what's yours Catherine Mm, probably honesty like even if it's shown as like (laughs) oh no 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 no. like whether it's I don't know I'm trying to think of an example I don't know like if you're being a dick and your friend calls you out on it I don't know just yeah Yeah, but why why do you need that in a friendship (laughs) because Catherine I think that but you're one of the nicest people ever and I can't imagine Catherine ever being a dick. No. no. <laughs> However, Catherine is very honest, isn't she? But she delivers her honesty in such a kind way. So yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, if it was like that, rather than just being like, yeah, kind. You know what? If I've got a problem with you, I'm going to say it to your face. That kind of honesty, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind yeah, honesty, use, not absolutely brutal. I, yeah, and useful honesty. Like mm-hmm. someone doesn't need to know if. I don't know like their bum looks big in their trousers or something but they might need to know if like their pants are hanging out you know why you got food on your face (laughs) yeah like you might want to know that in a nice way Mm -hmm. um yeah good ones good ones okay next one what about you what about you you? moving swiftly on I think well I said support (laughs) support yeah And then I kind of swerved the question slightly and I said how important I thought it was that 
you try and be one of the five best people you know the whole saying of like you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with well that's not true we know that you're you've impacted by far more than just the five people you surround yourself with but how incredible is it to think that like like to kind of try and be one of the people I think most people hear that and they're like great who do I want to impact me I'm going to choose these people to surround Mm -hmm. myself with and it's all about them but I try and reframe that as like how like what an honor it is to be one of the five people that someone wants to surround themselves with like that's incredible and that's like something you can control like how do I show up in a way for my friends that actually I'm one of the people that they want to be most influenced by that's really cool so I guess like with friendships I kind of try and think about it like that okay ready for the next one okay what are you most excited about at the moment Mm, silent nicer weather oh summer Mm -hmm. hot weather I would say I have to agree with that yeah Yeah. because well I don't know if you knew this Emma but there's currently Storm Dudley is it Storm Dudley I thought it was like you yeah I thought it was Eunice maybe there's two (laughs) Storm Dudley and Storm Eunice Storm Emma like there's like just a million storms going on um, in Scotland right now and it's horrendous yeah that's not great sorry that was a really really boring that was a really boring answer you didn't give us chance to prepare what is your answer I'm sure you've had like a full day to prepare and it's going to be a really profound answer well what's been uh what I've been pondering no I don't I I think uh I'm really excited to get home I'm really excited to get on with we've got a big event coming up level up in Manchester which is going to be really exciting I'm really excited for this year just generally I think there's loads of like talking um gigs coming up and yeah just life and business and growing just generally I'm normally excited about basically everything so that um and then finally this one's easy although Shona you won't be able to do this what's your most used emoji why wouldn't I be able to do this because your phone's in the bathroom. Oh, no, it oh, is. Yeah. I found it. I was sitting on it. <laughs> oh, okay. How'd you find out? You just go to frequently used and it's the top one. Oh, this um, is really boring. The laughing face. Uh, Mine is actually currently like, you know, the crying one with the two tears. Oh, yeah. The laughing crying. Two tears. Um, yeah. You know, the two tears. Oh, is this yeah. an iPhone thing? Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, I have that one. <laughs> No one on the podcast can actually see, but... Are you Samsung? Yes. Yeah. See, when you find out someone that you really like is Samsung, you're like... It's, it changes everything, doesn't it? it totally does. I mean, that's... See how I said loyalty? I've just changed my, my answer in the friendship question. Okay, well, I'm leaving, by. You have an iPhone. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I, I was tempted to buy one through the business as a business expense and force Catherine to use it. <laughs> anyway, okay, right, we can get on with the questions now. Has anyone got them all? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, I actually no do, one. yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Catherine. I don't know why I stayed quiet. Um, <laughs> just checking where we got to last time. Um, there's a question about equipment at home. I'm not sure if we answered this last week. I can't remember. I remember reading it though. 
Mm, I don't let's think. go. Let's let's do it. Um, I'm wanting to continue working out from home, but only have dumbbells up to five kilograms and a barbell up to fifteen. Um, and I also have bands. Um, the weights are becoming too light. So essentially, what she wants to know is, would we recommend any other equipment for her home gym? Okay, I mean, yeah. The simple answer is you can buy heavier equipment for sure. You can also make do with what you have. I, I think it depends how far you want to go at home. It's undoubtedly, undoubtedly that basically you'll get better results at the gym because there is more weights at the gym and you can progress over time with this unless you want to kind of build a full gym at home. When I say that, I don't want it to put people off. You can get phenomenal results at home. Like you can get really good results at home. You can actually get really good results with no equipment like all throughout lockdown I didn't buy any equipment because I kept thinking it's only going to last another week and then I was like oh I can't even train anyway because of my back and then I was like well you know everything's really expensive now so anyway all I had was a band a pull-up bar and one really old dumbbell which looked heavy but was about four kilograms you know like the big weights that look yeah anyway that's what I made do with and I got really good results during lockdown so you can absolutely do it. You don't need a gym. You don't need to have all this stuff. You might need to up the reps that you're doing if you find that you're maxing out the weights that you have. But also massively underrated is bodyweight exercises, especially as a woman. Like sometimes they're harder. Like if you're doing chest presses with, I don't know, eight kilogram dumbbells or something, it's harder to do a push-up. Get good at doing push-ups. Like master the bodyweight exercises, I think is really, really underrated. Um, yeah, any tips from you guys? Um, has she got a pull-up bar? She hasn't said that she does. You can so get herself a pull-up bar, one of those ones that hangs over the door, and that's a really good bodyweight exercise to work on. Um, when I was in lockdown, I only had, well, obviously we've got access to a whole gym, but I wanted the lockdown experience, so I just had a 10 kilo and a 15 kilo dumbbell. Um but I've got quite bored with that. So my goal was to get a handstand push-up. And that is really tough. Um, you don't need any equipment, literally just a wall. That's all you need. Um, so that's another fun one. Or even like a pistol squat. Pistol squats are really hard. Body weight movement. That's a one-legged squat. Um, yeah, just like change up your goals. That would be my yeah. advice. Yeah, mine was to get really, really good at pull-ups. Because I was like, that's something I can do. It doesn't hurt my back. And like, yeah, just move the goals, like set a, a nice body weight goal. I think they're so impressive anyway. Like if you can get good at doing handstands or something. Mm -hmm. um, okay, we've got one here. Anthea. Oh, what a lovely name, Anthea. Hello, if sick, in brackets, not a sniffle, but really poorly and can't exercise, nor able to meet my neat goals, should I cut my calories back a bit temporarily? No. I would say no, like the likelihood is you're not going to overeat if you're really unwell anyway, and you're probably going to struggle to hit your calories anyway, but it, hopefully it's going to be a short period of time. And the last thing we want to do is add on more pressure to you at the moment, like focus on getting better, take the pressure off. Once you're better, then we can get you back on track. So all we will do is just send a lot of love and you don't need to change anything. Okay, Michelle, back from holidays and two weeks, until an operation for endometriosis. Uh, should I drop my calories after the op as I won't be as active? I would say no. Um, 
mainly because like you're going to want to maintain muscle mass as well um and i would say if anything like increase the amount of protein you're having because you're not able to stimulate your muscles doing exercise um i think like we just said about someone having a cold you're going to need energy your body needs energy to recover um and it's only sorry sorry it's not just a cold it's not just a sniffle it's actually really poorly (laughs) my bad (laughs) what okay just just putting that out there I I absolutely agree I think Mm -hmm. adding on a load of pressure to lower your calories post-surgery is not a good idea I mean do let us know how long the recovery period is and what you might find is that habitually your appetite drops a little bit when you're not doing very much or that you're not you don't feel that well especially for the first like week after surgery so you might like habitually eat a little bit less that's fine like don't force feed yourself but really good point by Catherine about stimulating muscle protein synthesis and if you're taking away the exercise stimulus of that then you really want to make sure that you're not also limiting yourself in terms of protein or putting yourself in a huge deficit which again means that you're more likely to lose muscle mass so try and think a bigger picture and I completely resonate with this because I've been through it myself and I know that like everyone has been ill at one point in their life but like post-surgery and things it's really frustrating like it is and I think people are always looking for some solution oh okay well it's frustrating and I'm and I'm impatient so what can I do be more patient like adult like be an adult like parent yourself through this like what would you do if your child had a at uh, an operation you wouldn't be like oh you feel like going out and playing football and you really want to go yeah just go like you'd be like well I know that it's tough and like you're empathetic but you need to stay in for a couple of days or that surgery isn't going to work and you need to do the same for yourself like if you're if you've got covid or if you're having an operation like you need to make sure that you're allowing yourself to recover and we totally get that that's boring but there's also no solution to that like focus on what you can do not I, I think as well, sometimes when we get questions like this, the, the person who's ans- asking the question knows the answer and they, they think that we are going to be like, no, come on, like no excuses, no days off. But we are so not about that life because that is like horrendous and toxic. Um, and, and you know what the right answer is. We know what the right answer is, but you just need reassurance that that's the most sensible thing to do. You've just had surgery. Yeah. You're- you, yeah. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Like a lot of people are stressing over the fact that maybe they'll be in a smaller deficit for a short period of time, or maybe they just want a reassurance from the coach that, yeah, that is the right thing to do. And that's what we are always here for. So, yes. Yeah, agreed. I have um, a one-to-one client who's going through, I think she her operation is in March. So we're working together for a short period of time. And then again, after our operation, and she asked a very similar question and like how to manage her progress post-operation and I think it's even just like a case of realizing or like switching your mindset and realizing I might not be able to make as much progress whilst I'm recovering and that's okay because part of the progress I need to make is recovering to then get out the other side and keep going um so I think the things that you guys have said there have also helped my client Mm -hmm. in their question yeah and and it's perspective isn't it like if this surgery in this situation is going to help your endometriosis what do you think is going to help you progress further long term like that that surgery working and you actually recovering from it or still struggling with this like over time because you tried to go back to exercise too quickly like it, once you sort of lay it out there or, or we've got someone who's having um, ankle surgery as well which is going to allow them to run again 
if it works like I mean if they allow themselves to recover from that and they do the proper rehab what's going to get you better results long term like it's a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain mm-hmm. sweet and you could be like Emma and you could like start four businesses whilst you're recovering you keep your brain <laughs> yeah. active you could um Alison's just saying hello lovely coaches hi Alison okay next question on the thread um i've read mixed opinions on the timing of protein after a workout some say it's very important others not my goal is fat loss but obviously retaining whatever muscle i have i usually train before i eat anything 6 a.m ish and then i won't eat until lunchtime because it fits in with my life and that's when i get hungry is this actually to my detriment or does it not matter if i'm getting adequate protein and overall on the day Um, okay, so I would think that this isn't necessarily a timing question, but like a partitioning question. So you need to regularly stimulate muscle protein synthesis throughout the day. So yes, what you're doing right now isn't optimal, but it suits you. Like you're not hungry until lunchtime. But if if your goal is to build muscle, then you do need to regularly eat portions of protein throughout the day. So that's like three to four portions of about 25 30 grams so even if you just had something small but was protein like a protein yogurt or a protein shake after you've done your workout in the morning and so you're not having a full meal but you're still um you're still getting a post-workout protein yeah Mm -hmm. i agree i think largely with a lot of this stuff it's like what's practical versus what's optimal Mm -hmm. and if it's working for you and you're getting results then maybe don't change it but also if if the change is at such a small cost and you're like oh yeah I don't mind getting in an extra serving of protein post-workout why not put it in there and then you know that you're kind of optimizing for that um okay question here Caroline hi all currently on commit to six and have been away with work for the last week and have fallen off the wagon a bit well quite a lot with with my tracking on a plus note I hit the hotel gym every day What's the best way to, to get focused again and stop beating myself up about letting go of my nutrition? There is no wagon. Yeah, there is no wagon to fall off. So yeah, I guess that's part of it. Like this is like, it fluctuates, goes up and down. And, you know, before you move on from this, what this is probably going to happen again, right? You're probably going to go away for work again. I mean, great that you still got your workouts in. That's fantastic. How can you better prepare so that next time you go away, you don't fall off the wagon? It doesn't matter that you're not tracking. Like the likelihood is when you're away and you're eating out and you have less options for food, you won't be able to track accurately anyway or anywhere near accurately. But can you find a way to make better decisions around that? Or can you structure your day so that maybe you bring some protein bars with you or maybe you bring some, I don't know, a shake or something with you so that at least you're getting in some protein or maybe you decide that you're going to have instead of going crazy at the morning hotel breakfast, like you're going to decide what you're going to have ahead of time and you're going to stick to that. And then you know that during the evening, that's a more flexible time or you need more calories during the evening because that's when you go out and socialize with your work colleagues. Like learn from this one so that the next time it's going to be better. Um, But also like it's not the end of the world, like get some perspective on this. You've fallen off, broke off the days. Now you're ready to get back on track, make a bit of a plan going forward get back to what you were doing, like don't try and overcompensate for this, don't try and claw back the calories that you over ate on or anything like that, just 
draw a line under it, learn from it, and then move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. It's like that, if you look at it like the other way, nobody grows muscle or loses fat by like doing one workout and say eating one salad. Like it's your actions over time and the average of your actions over time that dictate the progress and the results that you make. So yeah, like Emma had said as well, like learn from what you mm-hmm. can, like look at what you can improve and learn from that. I also think this is such a good example of what Shana was saying. Like Caroline knows exactly what we're going to say and she knows what to do here but she just needed some reassurance and like that's half of what coaching is isn't it it's like the reason that this time you'll be successful Caroline is because of that little chat is because instead of thinking do you know what there's no point doing this at all I've I've messed up now I'm just gonna I can't be bothered dieting anymore I can't be bothered like working towards my goals anymore or the other or the other way you're like I need to massively over restrict this week because last week was so quote unquote bad and I fell off the wagon and now I need to punish myself or like in, internalizing this as some kind of failure when it's just life. Like that reassurance at that point in time is why some people get results and other people don't. And often why numerous times before you've kind of just fallen off and, and like not just fallen off the wagon, but then not got straight back on the wagon, even though there's no wagon. Wagon, wagon, wagon. Yeah. Awesome. Um, next question. Hiya. I was just listening to episode one, two, three of the podcast. Oh no, my questions have just like disappeared. Hang on. They're just like shut down. I oh. think it was a question. Do you know why that might be? Not got an iPhone. <laughs> I've got it here because I've got oh, an look. iPhone. Oh, look. Oh, Shana's go on then. Rescue an us with your iPhone. <laughs> uh, okay. One, two, three of the podcast. And Andy mentioned that sleep might be affected if calories are lower and suggested that zinc magnesium supplements might be good to take. Could you elaborate on the reason for lower calories affecting sleep? Thanks. Good question. Um, a lot of people, a lot of the time it can be simply hungry. Like people are hungry, wake up hungry in the night. And that can be how it can impact sleep, essentially. It, doesn't, it certainly isn't like, we don't want this to turn into a full, a full, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because actually I've had clients where it kind of helps sleep because they're more tired. Um, so it's, it's certainly not to say that if you diet that you will your sleep will be reduced. Um, but yeah, it can, it can impact sleep. And I, I would suggest if it is impacting your sleep, then maybe having a meal later on, maybe looking at the size of your deficit, maybe looking at what you're having later in the evening, how big your evening meal is, if you can get in a bit, maybe a bit of a snack before bed, that might be something to consider. Did, have you guys noticed that when dieting, that your sleep has been impacted? Um, it's more, it would only be the hunger thing, to be completely honest. Um, and then it's just a case of changing, like switching around when you eat. And that would be it, to be honest. Yeah, I very rarely noticed it actually impacting my sleep. It might be that I physio- like physiologically feel hungry before I go to bed. Or I like might wake up in the middle of the night because because my stomach's rumbling. But like Shona said, I'd then just make little tweaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Next question: Do I dare read it out, or will my uh, Samsung decide to throw me out? <laughs> we'll see. Hi, darlings. Just a couple of questions about the workouts. Would you recommend specific warm ups or cool downs and stretches? 
At the moment, I'm just sort of making them up based on classes I've done. Also wondered about the optimum number of workouts for muscle building and fat loss. At the moment, I'm doing a minimum of three at-home dumbbell workouts, but should I really be aiming for four or five for best results? Thanks. Kiss, kiss. Hmm. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the punctuation, darling. Um, so this is quite a common misconception, but the way that you train for fat loss and the, the way that you train to build muscle is basically the same. Like we program for optimizing body composition, whether that is, like, you know, if you want to lose body fat, then we create a deficit for you. If you want to build muscle, then you'll either be at maintenance or maybe in a little bit of a slight surplus. But the training doesn't really change because what builds muscle also maintains muscle and building muscle is always the goal it's just more or less likely depending on the nutritional environment that you put yourself in so the workouts don't necessarily need to change there isn't an optimal number of workouts it's the optimal number that you can recover from so that will depend on numerous things like how much sleep you're getting in how big a deficit you're in what else you have going on in your life your fitness level so do you remember as well that like as you become a fitter person, you can probably deal with a higher volume of training as well. So that might be something to consider. Maybe you could add in a full session, but you've always got to consider like at what cost? Does that mean that you can't do another thing that you love or that it's taking up too much time? And then are you overloading yourself and you kind of start resenting working out because maybe you're not recovering that well, or maybe it's taking away from other things that you want to do. So you kind of have to figure that out yourself. Like, is, is it worth adding in another session? And do remember that each additional session that you add on has a smaller benefit. So the first workout that you do a week has insane benefits. The second workout, incredible benefits. Third, pretty good benefits. The fourth, you're starting to kind of get a bit of like law of diminishing return here. Like, yeah, it's still, you're still going to get more out of it, but potentially not as much more and then the fifth it's like "Mm, is is this actually a good use of your time anymore and again this will this will depend depending on what's important to you your values but also what you can recover from as well so some people will be able to do five six workouts a week and still recover and adapt to that and other people that would be a bit of an overload so where like where this is on your kind of how many workouts would be optimal for you is so so independent but I think that we we over us I think we sometimes value like the first workout as much as the fifth workout and they're not the same <laughs> at all like the first workout is probably the most I would say if you have one hour of time a week to do something for your health like exercising for one hour a week is the most impactful thing you can do with that time to improve your health so like everyone should be doing that they don't care what your goal is like everyone should prioritize at least an hour a week anything over and above that is kind of like more to do with what's important to you and your values anything to add did we cover all that question I think Wait, we oh, uh, no we didn't the first part mm-hmm. and the part of the question was about warm-up cool down and stretches um around for workouts why don't you go babe okay 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 it's because I'm old, right? I'm old and I feel like I need to do these things. Wait, and how I... old are you? 33. Oh, you are really old, I aren't am you? So, so old. Third of the way through my life. By the way, um, did anyone see that um, graph that I shared about aging and happiness? How great is that? No, how do I see it? 
um it's on my instagram how why haven't you seen every single thing i've posted <laughs> follow all five accounts of you and i don't know keep up with right. anyway it's the it's 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 a graph showing happiness over time and oh wait i've got a few of these but yeah basically it's showing that it increases over the age of like 50 ish exponentially oh. basically up until you're like 70 odd and then it drops a little bit but it's really nice to see I think that's really encouraging especially as shown it this is a discussion we've had before actually where we've like spoken about I mean actually you said this at one point that you feel like everything is downhill from like a physiological point of view from a certain point like oh it's only going to get worse now like I'm never going to be as good as I was you said this oh yeah I totally don't think that anymore Oh, right. Okay. But you did at one point, right? I did. I, I did actually believe that at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like, and a lot of people have that mindset of aging is the worst thing that can happen. And like, I'm so, I don't want, I'm not looking forward to it. And like, obviously we hear these horror stories about menopause and certainly not belittling that at all. And I think what's even more amazing is someone commented saying, how does this align with like hormonal changes in women and menopause? And I'm like, that's what makes it so amazing that even though you're going through something which could be really, really tough and really, really hard and impacts your mood quite a lot for many people, you're still happier. Like this graph is showing that, for, I mean, and again, this is averages, right? But on average, you're still happier despite the fact you're going through all of these things and you are aging and you are dealing with everything that comes with that, but actually you're still happier, which is very interesting. Do you know how they measured the, like how did they define like the level of happiness if that makes sense it's a self-report study okay so in different age groups over time yeah interesting and do you know how I found this um I was triggered massively by a tweet which I will send to you both after um what even was the tweet about now what and what was the context basically it was talking about how most well, this is now is the time when most women <laughs> this is the worst way to word this it was something along the lines of this is the most women at 30 who haven't had kids is now right I don't know how to why can't I word that like a normal person the highest rates of oh, yeah. women who haven't had children yeah, is yeah. now it's right now. Yeah. by the age of 30 right. and some like there's like, oh, like a horrible tweet thread I'll send you it after and then one woman was like yeah it's such a shame that some women would ever experience the joy of having a child and I was like I'm pretty sure I've seen data on the fact that actually you're less happy after having a child and anyway I was looking that up and I tweeted about being like oh yeah so they look so unhappy those childless women and, and my point isn't like for or anti having children like absolutely that's up to you but like to insinuate that you're less of a person because you haven't had a child, because you've chosen not to have a child, or even do what's even worse, because you've not chosen not to have a child, because you can't have a child. I know. Like, it's no, so... What is, I think it's really unfair. And it's just, it, it, that, it's just patriarch, the patriarchy, is that if you have a child, you lose your value as a woman because you're a mother now. But if you don't have a child, you've also lost your value as a woman. So it's it's really unfair. You just cannot win. Yeah. And that, so basically this whole thing is like saying that we're telling too many women that career is the most important thing. And I was like, 
I've never been told that. Like, I don't know who's, who's telling these women this, but like, I don't think as society that's what we're telling women. I don't think so either. I think that women are just deciding that they're really enjoying making career their priority and actually really enjoying the independence that not having children brings. Yeah. But, or, I mean, it could, it, there's probably so many factors to this, like the fact that it's really hard to buy a house and buy a home and get further yeah, in your career. And like, really expensive. yeah, like Amelia and I were talking about this. And I'm like, it takes so, if you want a career as a woman, like still takes just as long, right? So if you're going through university, you don't get out of university until you're whatever age, like 22. And then you've got to work up a career ladder. And then if you actually have, you know, like a longer degree and you don't go straight from school, like you graduating as a medic at like 28 or something and you're right at the start of your career mm-hmm. like and that's probably not the best time to have a child I know many people do and that's incredible but like a, a lot of these things just like are taking more time if you do want to have a career as a woman which means that inevitably like people are having children later or not having children because there is a biological clock there anyway that we won't go too much into this but um why can't we go too much into it I love talking about it all right, okay, continue. Yeah. So much to unpack. Kirsty Alsop, what do you think about that? So Kirsty Alsop, um, she uh, said that young people these days just need to buy less coffee from Starbucks, they need to cancel their Netflix subscription, and then they'd be able to buy a house. So when did houses become £35 a month? <laughs> it's so funny. I love those kind of memes that it's like, I don't know, like, oh, they're spending too much money on avocados. Like, that's why they can't afford the house. So like, what are you talking about? A house was like 35 grand when you all bought houses. Like, you can't even get a deposit for that anymore. Exactly. Oh. Um, like, and she also has a millionaire father. All she had is a dream and six million dollars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's like that. But like, I love Paris Hilton, but it's like that T-shirt that she has. It's like, just be rich. <laughs> Stop being poor. poor. (laughs) Yeah. So much easier. But yeah, Um, actually what you were saying is like people are happier and now I'm just complaining about how hard it is (laughs) to be alive. Uh, But no, I agree. Well, no, because those those people, the data on those people that are happy were, you know, back when houses were really cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it will look like going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're probably going to still be working. Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? Those people are retired now, but we're not. We won't be. Yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, people say that uh, it's also kids leaving home. People get happier. <laughs> and that often happens about like 40, 50. Yeah. So I nest. genuinely thought, see, when I was pregnant and like actually my whole life, that I would be the sort of parent that would be like, um, oh, I, like I can't wait until they move out. Like I want my independence back. But now that I'm a parent, he, I'll be like he'll still be in bed with me when he's 18 like that's how I feel I'm like you're, you're I'll always be your best friend as your mom <laughs> you're never leaving oh okay I've put that in the group chat so we can uh discuss that tweet yeah it's gonna be good um okay let's um let's wrap up for today do you want to do one more question have you got one more question on the live on the on the thread uh, one more on the thread, maybe a big one, possibly. Um, ketosis versus calorie deficit and pros and cons of carb reduction. 
Oh, this is a big one. Mm. Do we start um, next time, or let's start on it next time because I might wee myself if we start now. <laughs> um, okay, great. Ex- I'm excited for that next time. Actually, we can deep dive into that now. We know that that's coming. So, if anyone's listening on the podcast and you're like, "Oh, I'd love to know about that," that will be coming next week. Oh, there was a nice little what is that cliffhanger? I don't know. Like a preview. Next week. This time next week, keto versus a calorie deficit, pros and cons. The debate will be live in the Commit to Six group. Okay, great. Can't wait. Thanks for your time, guys. And thanks for the excellent questions. And I hope everyone has lovely days.